I should like to congratulate to all of you that we have the chance of the meeting again to have the opportunity to talk about Dhamma. But first of all, I should like to have a mutual understanding about how to spend the time at the early time as at five o'clock of this morning that we all are here to talk about some miscellaneous things that we should talk about. The other point that we should make clear is about walking from the center to here. How to walk without the walker. Walk without the walker. The time of the five o'clock early this morning is the secret of nature, of which we should try to understand the usefulness of this time. It's the time of joy, it's the time of cheerfulness, and it will lead us to more understanding of the useful things in the world, especially the secret of nature. Five o'clock in the morning is the time that the nature fixed all people should wake up at this time. And in fact, at this time, we can say that it's equal to the word of Buddha, B-U-D-D-H-A, of which it means to be awakened or to wake up early in the morning. And so it's the time of wisdom. This time is the time of the blooming flowers. And besides, you will hear all the hens and chickens at this moment. So it's the time that all these creatures are awakening also. It's the time for the new time of life. So at this hour of the day, it should be the time that all creatures of the world should wake up. Wake up from sleepiness. Wake up from all memory. Wake up from all life. And besides, it is at this time that Lord Buddha was enlightened. And so, all of these things that we are mentioned about the time at this hour is the story or is the is something about nature. And so we should learn how to spend this time at the most useful way that we can. We wake up <coughs> we wake up while some of our friends are still sleeping. We wake up just try to study and try to contemplate on something that is very deep and delicate, delicate matter indeed. We try to understand some of the things that is deep and difficult to make it more useful to life. But in doing so, it is not very easy because you have to wake up so early in the morning. So you have to force yourself for some, for some reason. You have to force yourself. But if we try to wake up at this hour until it becomes a habit, you will see that it is not very difficult at all. You will be able to do it easily. At this time of hour, you can open your eyes and get up quickly. So, just learn to do it, and you will see to wake up at this hour of the day how pleasant it is, how useful it is to life. Besides, it is the most suitable time or period of time of the day to accept something new, new to life, new to the perspective of life, new to idea, and at the same time to widen 
some of the old experiences, some of the old things that you are getting used to. So just try to notice and you will see for yourself whether this is the best time of the of the day or not. To accept something new, the mind must be ready for it, to accept. And so this is the time <coughs> that we believe it is the most suitable one. It's like the Zen story, as you may have heard. We need to accept something when the cup of tea is not so full, but if we leave the time here, it's so late in the day or late in the afternoon, and then the cup of tea will begin to full and it will flow out of the cup. And so, as we, we may compare to the mind, now the mind is rather void or empty. It's generous, it's free. So it's ready to accept something new. Besides accept something new, to widen something that we have already known, it's also suitable to do it at this time. Because the mind is so fresh, so clear, and besides I believe it's so calm also. So I should like to request all of my friends try to contemplate in using the time of the day at this hour at the best and try to make it the most useful as possible. The word wake, to wake up. There are two meanings concerning this word. One is to wake up the body wakes up, and that is very common. The other meaning is the mind is also waking up at this hour. And so we should try to prepare the mind at this hour to be ready, to, be, to make it in the most useful way as possible. Let us try to have this special hour of the day in the most advantageous. Just try to succeed in spending this time of the hour for the sake of our benefit for every of us. To walk from the center to here and learn to walk without the walker. This is the heart of the essence of Buddhism because it means to live without the liver. It's just the sake of living. To have without the haver. To eat without the eater. That means to learn to live without having the self. Of course, we have the self, but that is the thing. We take it as the self for under supposition. But in fact, we should learn to live without the, without the self. And so try to understand this sense of meaning. It's deep. It's difficult, but try to get the right meaning or the heart of the meaning of this essence, and then it will be easy to learn about Buddhism or to learn about the heart or the essence of Buddhism. To walk without walker, to eat without eater, and to live without the self, or the clinging to the self, if we do realize this essence that we have just talked, it will lead us to be able to practice 
according to the heart or the essence of Buddhism. That is, learn to see without the seer, learn to hear or to listen without the healer, learn to smell without the smeller, learn to touch without the toucher. Try to see that it's merely the work of the mind. In fact, there is no self behind that at all. There is no self. There is no doer. It's merely the doing. If anybody can understand this point and can put it into practice, then it means that he really understands. He really understands this essential point of Buddhism. Try to observe one thing and observe it carefully. If it's merely the eye sees the form and the other one is I see the form. Could you see the difference? Merely the eye sees the form. That is merely the work of the nerve system. But when the saying is, I see the form, that is a great difference. Because there is something about the feeling of the self involved. When the person say, I see the form, but if it is merely the I see the form, then it's merely the work of the nerve system. It does not concern the self. If it is merely the seeing concerning nerve system, then it is merely the functioning of the nerve system. But if it is the eye who sees the form, then it is the function of gilesa or defilement. And so, when this kind of feeling arises, there must be the feeling of liking or disliking positive or negative. If the person learns how to live life without the clinging or the attaching to the word self, then selfishness cannot work in us. But if the person tries to emphasize the way of life as I see I hear, I touch, then it's merely like giving the chance to the selfishness to work in us. But if the person would learn to see things, it's merely the work of nature, the work of nerve system, then it will arise mindfulness, sati, wisdom, panya. And so you may see how great difference between these two meanings. When it is the work of the I or the self, we can say it's the work of avicca or ignorance. But if it is the work of the nerve system, merely see merely hear, merely smell, merely touch, then it's the work of mindfulness and wisdom. So please try to notice this point, how greatly different it is. It's just the difference of the sky and the earth. There is a little secret of what we have just talked about. The secret is, if we learn to see things 
to smell things or to hear things, let it be the work of the nature. Then life will become very light, very easy, very pleasant. But if we let the self or the I works in this, then life will become very heavy, very uncomfortable, and is terrible. So, why life becomes so heavy, so terrible, and lots of problems followed? It is because of the clinging of the self, or it is because people let the self work or make the self work. So please learn to practice how to live without the self, and then life will become a pleasant life, and this is a new life to all of us. It is very easy to remember. First, not self is the work with mindfulness and wisdom, or is the work of mindfulness and wisdom. Having the self is the work of ignorance or abhicca, and that involves ilesa or defilement. Having the self is very heavy, a heavy life, always full of problems. Without the self is the light, easy, and pleasant life, and this is the essence of Buddhism. But there might be a question: Without the self, then who will be the doer? So, please understand that. In fact. If we think carefully, in fact, the self or the I is merely delusion. The concept of ignorance arising in the mind, whether it is true or not, try to see this for yourself. This is the secret of nature. Anything that is sacred. We have to try to think carefully, more deeply. When a person was born, in fact, is born without the clinging or the feeling of having the self at all. So, if a person try to understand this point clearly. In the mind, it means that he is able to understand the supreme thing of Buddhism. Buddha, Buddha means wisdom. So, any person who try to understand this, it means that wisdom has been developed. And so, just try to make this point clear about having the self and without the self. How different it is that it will influence to life. Try to think carefully. When the eye sees things according to the nature of the nerve system. Then the concept of the self followed. It arises later. The concept of having the self does not arise first. But when the eye sees the form, and then ignorance influence on this, so the feeling of the self or having the self and say to oneself, "I see it." I see the form has arisen later, and so 
if we try to study it one after another, the eye sees the form, the ear hears the sound, the nose smells, the body has a touch, and then the concept of having the self followed. So, if we come to this point, could we see clearly which arises first? The seeing of the work of which is the work of the nature comes first, or the concept of the eye comes first, which comes first during these two things. The concept of the eye comes first because there is the eye who see it, or in fact it is merely the system of the nerve, the system of the function or the work of the nerve. So if we learn to separate these two things, learn to separate these two things, learn to see that when the eye sees, it's merely the work of the nature. And then ignorance wouldn't have influence in the mind. It will be merely the delusion of which we can compare to the ghost. When we say about the ghost, we see the ghost, in fact, there is no ghost. It is the thought or the thinking in the mind that we see the ghost. <clears throat> and so we should like to point this to you very clearly. Try to separate the seeing, which is merely the work of the nature, from the clinging to the concept of having the self or the eye. And this is what we say, it is the basis, like A, B, C, D of Buddhism, or it is the foundation of the work of Buddhism, that is to learn about the sense organs that works by the nature. Suppose we tell children, to notice when there is the doing, the followed will be the doer arising in the mind. Without the doing, there is no doer arising. Please try to clarify this point for the understanding. And when there is the feeling of having the self arising in the mind. It means that at that moment, ignorance or avicca occupied the mind. And this ignorance or avicca is the root of the problem, is the root of all the tukha or the problems of people. In fact, it is merely the work of the sense organ. When children walk and bump to the post, he feels hurt. After the feeling of hurting or painful, then I feel pain, I'm painful, I'm hurt. This feeling arising later. And so the feeling of having the self or the I is merely the reaction arising after the feeling that the person has of being hurt or being painful. So the self or the I is merely delusion, it's not real at all. So just try to understand, to study this point about the self without the self. The work of the nature is not 
the work of the eye or the work of the self at all, and then we'll be able to understand about the essence of the vision. I should like to emphasize again about this point. If there is no eyes that sees the form, then there is not self at all. If there is no ear to hear the sound, then there is not self at all. Or to say in conclusion, if there are no sense organs, the sense organs, functions, then there's no world, there's no self, there's no I. When saying there's no world, it means the feeling of having the world, the world of the feeling, not the material world. It's the world of feeling arising inside, inside of the mind, such as the bad world, the good world, the bright world, the blue world. Understand this point? So, please try to separate the work. There are two levels, or there are two things of the work. One is merely the pure doing, the doing of the nature, merely the doing of the nature. And that is the work of mindfulness and wisdom. And the other thing is the work of ignorance, of which involves with the clinging and the attaching. That's why it has given the chance to the arising of the concept of the I or the self. At last, if there is no concept of the self or the I, arising, then there is no dukkha, no problem, no negative, no positive, no love, no fear, no hurt, no worry, and so forth. It will be the life of no problems, no dukkha. So this is a real wisdom, a real panya to study this thing, so a person will be able to live life without dukkha and without problem. So, to come to study Buddhism, what is the end of the study of Buddhism? The end or the aim of study Buddhism and practice Buddhism is to learn to eradicate the self or the I. That is to learn to get rid of the feeling of having the self or the I. Without the concept of having the self or the I, it means the mind will be thoroughly clear out of defilements or dilesa. Anybody who has reached this state of practice, Buddhism, it means he has graduated from the University of Buddhism, the University of Lord Buddha, and he would be conferred the degree of eradication from greed, lust, or anger, aversion, and delusion. These are the three degrees conferred from the University of Buddha or Buddhism. That is, free is freedom, freedom from greed or lust, freedom from anger or aversion, freedom from delusion. That means no defilement will bother the mind anymore. The mind will always be clear, cool, calm. And this 
degree all human beings will be conferred when the man can really get rid of the feeling of having the concept of the self or the I. No feeling of self or I occurred in the mind at all. This is the end, the end of the studying and practicing Buddhism. You have already studied Patitasamukba, Dependent Origination, Ipapatayata, the law of conditionality. So, you must know what is the end of all of these studies. As has been mentioned, the end of the study arising when the mind has been free or liberated from the clinging or the attaching to the concept of having the self or the eye. This is it. This is the end of the study of the vision. If there is the self, there must be selfishness. If there is no self, then there is not there is no selfishness. When there is selfishness arising in people's mind, it's the gate, the opening gate for defilement or silesa to arise. And then evil doing will follow. Even doing good merit, doing good things, which most people consider very heavy. It's very heavy. It's dukkha. Why it is? Because of the feeling of clinging to the doing of the, of the goodness. That means when one begins to do something good, and that is the concept of having the self or the I in doing so. That is expectation followed. This is my goodness. This is my merit. And then, when there is my, the feeling of mine involved in this doing, then even doing good things, it becomes heavy because of expectation of the self or the I. So, if the doing will really be beneficial to life, it must be the doing above positive and negative. And this kind of doing above negative or positive will be succeeded. It must arise from doing without the self, without the self. And so, you may see how much dangerous to life to do things or to work on the basis of having the concept of the self because it will create selfishness. This is the root of all problems of life of human beings. If there is no concept of self, then there is not selfishness. Please don't get tired or bored to listen to the word with self and without self. Because it is the most significant thing in life for all of us to consider about. If there is no concept of self, then there is no selfishness. If there is the concept of self arising in the mind, life will always full of problems because of selfishness. If we shall notice 
or observe the events of the world. We'll see that the problems of the world arising from selfishness. So, all problems, all problems will be solved if all people will be able to live without selfishness. So, to develop life, to become unselfish, you'll see that it will create the supreme benefit, the supreme advantage to all people, personally and generally, especially it will free the world from all problems. Only all people can live without selfishness. Whether it is true or not, be sure <coughs> you will see this for yourself. All problems come from selfishness, whether personal problems or world problems. Without selfishness, the world will become present world, without Tukha and without problems. We have to emphasize this point again and again and again. The aim of life is to free oneself from selfishness. And this is the supreme aim of all. So, please bear in mind how to live life, why do we come to practice Buddhism or to understand Dhamma? The ultimate aim is to get rid of the concept of the self. So selfishness will be eradicated. If one can understand this point clearly and having this aim in mind, one will be able to walk on the right path, the path of without problems or to live without problems. And so this is the most precious thing of life that human beings would try to see it, to have it, and get it at last. So please bear this in mind. The aim of our work in life is to learn to get rid of the concept of having the self, so at last there will be no selfishness left in the mind. And this is a true happiness of life. Let all of us declare war with selfishness. Don't declare war with other things, but just declare war with selfishness. Get rid all of selfishness in the world from our mind. Don't let it lack even a bit of it. And this should be the ultimate aim in life of all of us, to learn to live with our selfishness. And then life will always be safe and sound. And this is the most precious thing in life of all human beings. Whether it's true or not, please learn to see to it for yourself. Think carefully. Think carefully. Let us think more carefully. We have law just to protect society, to live in peace every member of the society to be able to live in peace, we have law. And besides, we have religion, just to learn to develop the mind of all human beings. 
Why do we need law? Why do we need religion? Is it because of selfishness, the feeling of the concept having the self that creates selfishness in human beings' mind? So that's why we need law to protect society, to protect humans' rights, and we need religion to develop human beings' mind to become a cultivated mind. And so all problems of the world arising from selfishness. If only no selfishness left in the world, we really don't need law or religion at all. Is that true or not? Just learn to see it for yourself. So the clear aim of studying and practicing Buddhism is about dukkha and how to quench dukkha. Nothing more than this. This is the only point that Lord Buddha always taught and said all his life. That is about dukkha and how to quench dukkha. If we put in a positive way, that is how to live happy without dukkha, then we can divide into three levels. First, not to hurt and harm each other, especially one's own self. Second point is not to cling to anything, even positive or negative. And third, not the least of concept of having the self or the I. These are three levels as guidelines to all of human beings how to live happy without Tukka. Let's make it clearer. If we would like to put it in a positive way, to be happy without Tukka, there are two levels of being able to live without Tukka, to be happy. First, not to hurt and harm anybody, especially one's own self. Second, not to attach or engage in anything, big or small, material or immaterial. That is, not to attach to positive or negative at all. And third, there is not the least of the concept of having the self or the eye. So if you will notice or observe these three levels, you will see that it has the levels of the death in this kind of thought or practice. First, just learn not to hurt and harm each other. And then further, deeper, not to attach or to engage in anything. No feeling of attachment, even positive or negative. And then the person will further to the last point of practice, that is, learn to get rid of the concept of the self or the I, and then no selfishness will be left in the mind. If we try to study it carefully, set in priority, first, when there is no feeling of hurting or harming other people, but still there is the concept of the self attaching 
to the positive or the negative, even the feeling of not hurting or harming other people. Not kind of feeling arising to hurt or harm anybody, but still there is the feeling of having the concept of the self or the I hidden inside, deep in the mind. How to notice this? We'll notice it when we have the feeling of attaching to something, whether it is negative or positive. And then we'll notice that if there is the concept of the self or the I, big or small, it doesn't matter because it is still very heavy, the feeling of heavy, uneasy, and sometimes even terrible in the mind. And so in the second level of practice, the person should not let one's own mind to become to slave to anything, even to the feeling of clinging to positive or negative. And at last, really be free, free from the concept of clinging to the eye or to the self. That is not to be slave to anything in the world. Truly free, truly be unselfish. No selfishness can work in the mind anymore. To notice easily of how to practice. First, learn to live as we all are friends. Friends in birth, in old age, in sickness, in death. Because all these happenings are the natural work of the nature. If we learn to live as friends, we won't be able to hurt or harm each other at all because we are all in the same boat. We cannot escape from birth, from old age, from sickness, from death. We shall face with all these things equally. So please learn to live as friends. The second is learn to live without viraka, viraka. Viraka means not to die, D -Y -E -D, not to be died with positive or negative. That is not to attach to anything. Learn to withdraw one's own mind from attachment, whether it is big or small. The third is learn to cut the root of all problems. Dig up all the roots of problems. That is, dig out the concept of having the self. No attachment to the self, to the feeling of the self. So the person will be free from being slave to all things in the world. To, to try to remember shortly or easily. First, no hurting or harming. Second, no attachment. Withdraw one's own mind from attachment. And third, no concept of having the self or the I. สุขาวิราคตาโลเกกามานังสมติกโมอัสสมิมานัสสะวินโยเอตังเวปรมังสุขะ
Thanachan has said something on Bali word and it's beyond my knowledge and my memory. <laughs> I'm afraid I shall have to ask Thanachan to emphasize on the Bali text. Um, Thanachan explains that the three levels of being able to live with happiness, through happiness, and without Tukka, there are the Bali words saying by Lord Buddha. The first one, Apayapachang, non-violence. The second one, Viraka, the mind is not died, D-Y-E-D, died. That is the translated word of the Viraka, without dying. And you understand the word die is different from that dying. Without dying of anything, whether it is happiness or unhappiness, is beyond the influence of negative or positive. Especially, it's beyond the thing that we call sex, sexuality. To talk with children, Tanajan would prefer beyond gladness and sadness, undying. That's what he meant from undying. And the third one, Asabhimana, that is to get rid of the concept of having the self. And if anybody has reached this point, it means the mind has attained the supreme happiness. The supreme happiness in the world. The meaning of the third one, Tanajan said that in short, it means void of self. To be void of self. V-O-I-D, void of self. The first one, not to hurt and harm other people. This seems to be the ethics in all religions or the way of practice in the world is universal. But for the second one, not to be died, not to be dying. In some other places, may teach to learn to not to be died with something that is sinful, something that is not good, but may be encouraged to be died with something good, something beautiful. But in Buddhism, it has been advised not to attach to anything, even good or bad, gladness or sadness. And then it will lead to the third one, that is, learn to get rid of all the concept of having the self. And so, in the second level and the third level, the second level, not to attach to anything, even goodness and badness, or positive and negative. And the third one, get rid of the concept of having the self or the I. These two points, the second and the third number, are practicing here, or we are requesting you to practice it here, to get rid of the attachment and to get rid of the concept of having the self. To practice anapanasati, even in the first tetrad, to be able to develop samadhi or concentration. During that moment, the mind wouldn't be died. It's still, it's firm. And this is the effect or the result of practicing samadhi. 
บายอาณาปานสติ and if the retreatant further the practice to the fourth tetra then the mind will withdraw from the attachment the mind is not died at all and that leads to the liberation of the concept of having the I or the self. So you will notice that in practicing Anapanasati system, the first tetra is the preparation of the body. And when we say the body, as you know, the breath body, to be able to prepare a good concentration and mindfulness and further to the second tetra to overcome vedana or feelings and the third tetra to be able to prepare the mind to be clear cool calm for the contemplation of the dhamma in the fourth tetra if we all know the aim of the practicing of anapanasati to learn about the ultimate goal of it. That is why we do practice anapanasati. What is the usefulness, the advantage of doing so? That is to learn to get rid of the self, to be able to live with our selfishness. So life will always be clear, cool, calm, very light, very void, and this is a true happiness. If we all learn about this truth of Anapanasati, then we probably have faith in doing, because we know what we are doing, why we are doing, and what is the result after we have been accomplished in practicing Anapanasati. Please don't feel surprised. When we have heard about the teaching of some religion, teaching people, the followers, to attach to goodness, to be good, to do good, to do something good, but Buddhism just encourage people to learn to do things beyond goodness and badness. That is, to learn to do things without clinging to it. This is, it is because if people do things with the clinging to the things on the positive side, it means there is the self or the I behind the doing. And still, it can create problems to life. Um, if you are a good Christian, you will be able to live beyond positive and negative. Um, if we look in the first pages of the Bible, you'll see that the teaching mentioned about not to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And this means it is the teaching of being able to live beyond positive and negative. So, it is possible to say that, in fact, the teaching of Christian or Buddhism are the same. That is, not let the mind be died or attached to anything. And this is the supreme teaching. Supreme teaching. And anybody can attain this supreme teaching. They will reach or they will accept the true happiness which is the most precious thing of life. Thank you very much for being 
a good and kind listeners. And so I should like very much to thank you for your good attention. And so the meeting has come to an end.